You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And I'm Brianna Jones. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew and Bri to like musical theater. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, man, I am doing uh, quite well. I mean, I, I guess I could be better, but... Oh, what's you know. going on, buddy? Tell, sit, well, on, you, sit on your buddy Jess's lap and tell him all about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, all of my daughters, uh, they, like, a bunch of, like, pirates showed up and are trying to marry all of my daughters. Ah, all dang. Like, uh, Ten of them. Well, I, I I have a perfect like I don't know if you know the secret, but yeah, if these pirates are the pirates I think they are. If you tell them you're an orphan, they'll probably just go go on their way because they won't they won't molest anyone who's an orphan. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's actually good advice. I think I'll I'll give that a try. Um, you, you know how I know this? I I'm actually indebted to these pirates. Um, but the really? the, the kicker is the the good part is. Um, I was only indebted to them until my tw- uh, 21st year, so I'm all, I'm all good. Um, there is the small snare that I was born on February 29th, so that means yeah. I am only five and a quarter years old. That's gonna be a long, um, debt you're gonna have to repay there. Uh, what a paradox. <laughs> this week, we're talking about the Gilbert and Sullivan Opera, Pirates of Penzance, cue the music free. I know I'm mythic history, king authors, and sacatoplex. I answer hard to cross, except for pretty taste of paradox. I quote an idiot, jikes, all the crimes of video gabblers. In context, I can flow peculiarities, parabolas. I can tell and doubt the refers and jet a dozen dominies. I know the croaking chorus from the throats of any stuffings. Then I can hum a few of which have heard the music dinner for. Got it. The Pirates of Penzance is an opera written by Arthur Sullivan with a libretto by W.S. Gilbert. Um, it premiered on Fifth Avenue Theater in New York City on the 31st of December of 1879, making it the longest, the oldest thing we've ever covered on this, except for maybe like Bible stories. Um, the show was well received by both audiences and critics. Its London debut was on the 3rd of April, 1880 at the Opera Comique, where it ran for 363 performances. The story of Pirates and Penzance um, concerns Frederick, having completed his 21st year, is released from his apprenticeship to a band of tender-hearted pirates. He meets the daughters of the Major General Stanley, including Mabel, and the two young people fall in love instantly. Frederick soon learns, however, that he was born on the 29th of February, so technically, he has a birthday only once each leap year. His indenture specifies that he must remain apprentice to the pirates until his 21st birthday, meaning that he must serve another 63 years. Bound by his own sense of duty, Frederick's only solace is that Mabel agrees to wait for him faithfully. <laughs> what a weird show. Um, <laughs> Andrew, what what is Pirates of Penzance, and what did you think of it? Uh, Pirates of Penzance is a uh, exercise in nonsense, <laughs> um, where random groups of men in silly costumes come out, sing and dance uh, about stuff that maybe happens and uh then it ends and uh i thought it was really good (laughs) you say all of that with no negative emotions toward it no i i think that it it really works in a way that nothing else does okay elaborate like what works about it and like what what's your experience with this um honestly i was just i was just vibing you know (laughs) is that a review is that is that a good review of the pirates of penzance I think I, I think Brantley writing that I was just vibing, man. 
<laughs> I think that um, it's just really silly and you couldn't make this anymore. Not in like a not in like a people wouldn't accept it. But like, I think people expect more from musicals now than this gives. Um, but it almost works in its favor in this case. I, I can't disagree. Um, I love the show. This, I mean, th this is where we're going to get into the debate between opera and musical, but I, 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 this show is just fun, cheesy brilliance. I'm like, here to settle the debate. All right, let's I'm go. I'm going to settle it. There is no difference. Operas are musicals, and musicals are operas. I, are you sure, though? Yes. Why? Because uh, what's the fucking difference? Um, <laughs> musicals use their songs to push the story forward. Mu operas just Does this are not? all song. Not really. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's not very much story, but I mean, is the are the songs not introducing characters that do things? Introducing and... characters, yes, but the songs do not tell narrative. They are all I am songs. They are, are they... I am the pirate king. I am the very modern of a, you know. No, I mean, I think that they also sometimes are used to describe what is happening. I guess, like, I mean, they don't even have song titles. Like, if you listen, looked at, like, the track names, like, below, like, it's just, like, Stop Ladies Pray, Oh No, Is There Not One Maiden Beast? I, I just, I don't see enough of a distinction between opera and musical to be, like, the only distinction that I think I can accept is some people say, Music theater, they use mics, and in operas, they don't. Well, that's not um, always true either. No, it isn't. But that's that's a better distinction than I've really ever heard otherwise. I, I guess. Um, the, the, so this is probably easily the oldest thing we've ever covered. How does it hold up over nearly 200 years? Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about quality, because there are things that are old, but you can tell it's old, and it doesn't really make relevance, but it's still quality. How does it hold up as things that are still relevant today? Um, okay. Well, I mean, you have badass pirates that are cool. Are they they're badass, like, though? They're cool because they're, like, wholesome and they are friendly, but also uh, there's, like, some weird stuff with the women, but, you know, that's that, that hasn't aged that well, but no, no. that never does. Um, you have a fun general who is completely uh, just oblivious to everything going on, it seems. Um, and you have completely incompetent police that like to threaten you with dogs. So I feel like really uh, it's aged very well and it's still very relevant for today. Fair enough. What is the plot of Pirates of Penzance, Andrew? Okay. Um, there's pirates. Uh, the people of Penzance are, are scared of them, but really the pirates are kind of harmless from what it seems like. They only like to threaten people who are more of a threat than them, but they also just get destroyed every time they do it. Um, so honestly, I don't even know how they're still alive, really. Um, they have this kid who is like, well, I'm 21 now. I'm gone. He leaves. He meets this girl that he likes. You're not bringing um, up Ruth, who is possibly the best character in the story. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Ruth is like this middle aged woman that was like his service maid that he was entrusted with. That fucked up his paperwork because he was supposed to go with a bunch of pilots, but she misspelt it and wrote pirates. And so yeah. it's her fault that she's he's trapped them and he was just bound by a sense of duty to fill his like tenure with them. Yeah, which is just nonsense. Just actual nonsense. But um, also, isn't she sort of, uh, she also one of the pirates to, as well? Well, she also wants to fuck the, the Frederick um, like she wants to be the wife of Frederick. Yeah. Okay, moving on. But she's on. old, um, so, so, uh, gross. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of ladies, and the pirates show up and are, like, trying to, I think they're trying to get the kid back, um, I think. Or I can't something. really tell. I don't know why they're there. They're there because they can sing and dance. They're there they're because there. pirates, like, do marauderous things. Yeah, so the pirates are there, and they want to marry all of the, all of the women. But marry, the women, big quotation marks. Yeah, the, that's what they sort of say. Um, and it turns out all of these women are the daughters of, uh, the modern major, major general, he gets um, it. who he comes out and he's just like, Ooh, dang. He impresses everybody. He, he shows them up and he's Sings like, I'm an orphan. Song. Yeah. And he's like, I'm an orphan. And, uh, so I, I, you can't harass me and my, my daughters. Uh, and then I think act one ends. I'm pretty yes. sure I, act I, one nothing else even there. really happens. <laughs> then act two, they're like still hanging around and they're like telling the kid that the kid was born on the wrong day so technically he still has to go with them and the police show up and the police are like looking for the pirates i think they're just yeah they're doing their police thing and then the pirates get chased around by the police 
and then I guess the pirates just pretend that they're not going to be pirates anymore, and the police are like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and, and the, the modern major ends. general. Yeah, oh, they were going to kill the gen- general for some reason as well, but then the general's just like, I forgive you, it's all good, and then the show ends. Yeah, narrative can be thrown out the window. This was just fun comedy. It is also the first Gilbert and Sullivan piece to premiere in America, which means that the copyright laws were a little different, meaning there wasn't any for immigrants. So this just kind of went into the American public domain immediately, which is why Damn, you America had... America sucks. The more more I learn. They did have copyright law for immigrants, specifically? Yeah, yeah for oh my foreigners. God. That's unreal. Yeah, so like <laughs> that's why like in VeggieTales, they could do Modern Major General and all that. And also because it's so old. So this isn't the first like or even the second gilbert and sullivan collaboration but this is like their second hit the first one was the hms pinafore where you get get like all the classic like three little mates from school are we that that song that you heard everywhere when you were kids um that was their big one and then this was their follow-up and it's their thing was very fast lyrics and defining what funny music sounds like which is a debate you and i have had a lot on this podcast that has been that's tracked from our early days to today. What does humor sound like in music? And the the trombone uh, like gliss is uh, is that's a classic comedy sound. It wasn't before, but it wasn't before <laughs> this. So no, nope, this this made it. He took a lot of orchestrations from previous operas and try to figure out what could be humorous because um, Sullivan was like this humorous writer and lyricist and he's like, what could I do that would match these lyrics because I can't match these lyrics with just normal opera because it would have just sounded weird. So he kind of developed the patter song in its present form um, and implemented a lot of those elements to try to, to try to get that funny sound across now does this live up to what you describe as music that sounds funny like are these songs funny without the lyrics uh i think in in a classical like old music sense yeah this is like this is funny music would this would this stand up now maybe not because i think now people just think of this as like this is a music theater like standard this is like what a lot of songs sound like but like i can see it i can see this being like proto comedy music like does this feel like it was written 200 plus years ago like honestly it feels like it was maybe written in like the 50s like i wouldn't be shocked if this came out around the same time as a lot of the other like classic musical stuff strangely this feels more in home in like modern musicals to me than even like showboat yeah why do people not debate that this is the first musical because it was an opera (laughs) it's literally the form what is that like there are musicals that i think could fit and and be called an opera yeah like i agree the fact that it's fully sung through i mean there's a sung through musicals which i think arguably would fit opera form i think there's this is a debate to be had by people smarter than us and we've keep trying to have it anyway i think i think that it's not if this is a debate for dumb people (laughs) no i'm I'm dead serious i think (laughs) that that's i think that smart people would probably just be like yeah no it doesn't matter these are just dumb labels like it's the same thing You make a good point. You make a good point. So, who's your favorite character? Like the Pirate King, as pirate played King. by Kevin Klein, is probably... it's either the Pirate King or the Major General. It's one of those two. Okay, because those are the two like face to face, dumb to to sub kind of characters we got in here. Yeah, and I think the Major General has the best song, which uh, you already know what what it is. I mean, come on, but I don't everybody think that's the does. best song. <laughs> I think you're wrong. Um, oh my god and uh, the pirate king is just he's the pirate king so he's so much fun Kevin Klein reinvented that performance in a way where every line no matter how small how pointless he's getting a laugh out of it there he will find a gag in it handing someone a sword he will find a way to turn it into a joke yeah uh, I think performance wise Kevin Klein made this come alive in a way unseen and do you know who Kevin Klein is Andrew no like he he was um Phoebus in the original Hunchback of Notre Dame movie. Um he is Tulio in The Road to El Dorado. Oh, okay. So I know I know. Yeah, him. he does a lot of voice work. He was just in the Bob's Burgers movie as Mr. Fishoder. Like he is a known voice actor and Broadway star. But this was like his peak. 
where he just was hot and fuckable and was nobody anyone that went to Broadway only went to Broadway because they wanted to have sex with Kevin Klein. And I don't blame them. He is very hot in this movie and in this stage show. And for context, I showed Andrew the the movie adaptation of Pirates of Penzance because I watched every adaptation for the stage. Um, the Australian one, the John English one, um, the Brent Carver one, which is good in different ways. And none of them really just nailed it better than the film version because there's not five minutes of waiting for the audience to get the joke, which is the problem in a lot of Pirates of Penzance versions. Um, I think if the joke just goes and hits, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to wait for the joke to land. The joke will land if people get it. And if people don't get it, you move on. Yeah, that's kind of my problem with a lot of live theater is sometimes you uh, you get actors that are a little insecure that the joke didn't land. So they'll wait for you. Yeah. And then then they're laughing. They're not laughing at the joke. They're laughing at the awkward silence. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what did you think of Ruth as a character? And Frederick, of course. Uh, Frederick was a bit of a boring character. All right. Um, but I think, I think Ruth was, was very funny. The pilot pirate thing. Like this is, this is that 1880s humor, you know, like, oh (laughs) man, they do it twice. Like the misspelled, they probably do it more than twice. I probably didn't catch some of it, but the often orphan thing. Oh yeah. Did you even, did you even understand what was happening there? I had to like, which part? Rewatch the scene where they're confusing, where he's like, did you say orphan? Like person who lost their parents or often like frequently? (laughs) It's like, what? I said orphan (laughs) frequently. (laughs) I love wordplay like that. Like, I know you you have a bias against Shakespeare and all that, but that a lot of that wordplay stuff that he started really still works for me. It tickles me in the special spots. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, that's just a lot of the sort of humor that you get um, in this. I do like uh, some of the like physical humor still like lands, and I'm not sure if that that's probably not from the original yeah. like. That's probably stuff. That's additions. probably, but a lot of that does land um, pretty well. The one that I, I distinctly remember was when the policeman like rolls over his hat. It's like that was just very funny. Like he just tumbles up and over his rounded hat. It's like what the heck. <laughs> so I, um, I think the physical comedy is always great, and just little moments that are added into specifically the movie version where they add questions as opposed to just saying it. Like when they're asking about um, who made up leap years and he says, um, who, I don't know who, when it's just supposed, I don't supposed, it's instead of it being just a statement, they made an answer to a question that makes it a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. I really appreciate Um, as well. Like they take musical pauses to make jokes. Like when he's just opening his chest, ready to be stabbed. Yeah. I, I love the um in the modern major general song when the guy asks him to do it faster. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they, they know what's happening. Like <laughs> the audience wants to hear it faster. I'm gonna tell them to do it faster. Yeah. And that does tend to be a problem with a lot of productions of Pirates and Penzans. More recent productions um tend to go a little too far into the referential territory. Cause if you lean too hard into the comedy, it does push into the the parody as opposed to just farce, if you know what I mean. Where it becomes like a parody of itself. Yes. Um, specifically, I'm referring to the more recent Anthony Warlow production where um, I'm going to I know this is not a visual medium, but I'm going to show Andrew a little clip of that and you can look it up yourselves. And I just want to see if it rings true of anything that Andrew's seen before. Like, does this, we got the Pirate King oh, here. No. D- does he look familiar in any way? Like, what? what? That's Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He literally just performs the Pirate King as Jack Sparrow. The fourth wall is broken every five minutes, and they talk to the conductor. So many improvised lines, so much that you don't even recognize what the show is anymore. Why is he Jack Sparrow? I I don't know. That that's something only Doug Walker could answer. Um, what if what if Mario met Batman? <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, we should do a Pirates of Penzance adaptation where Mario meets Batman. The Major General is Batman, and Mario is the Pirate King. Oh, and and they sing the whole Patter song with the that like the Christian Bale Batman voice. I am the very model of a modern Major General. <laughs> That person's, their throat would be dead. 
<laughs> um, but I do not p- particularly like the over goofy. Like John English did a very good Australian production, but they still lean too hard into the goofiness. Like there's a point where he gets into a sword fight with the conductor. Like that kind of stuff where, yeah, it's funny in the moment, but it kind of ruins the reality we're painting here. Yeah, I think with with the humor of this, you can be surreal, but you don't want to be meta. What's the difference there? Because I, I, I like that statement, but I want you to elaborate. You can create a heightened world that doesn't make sense, but you can't break the fourth wall. You can't look at the audience and be like, man, this world's pretty weird, right? Yeah. So, like, you can create a world of nonsense, but you can't look at the audience and be like, wink, wink, it's nonsense. <laughs> you know? In what other media does the wink, wink, it's nonsense kind of thing? I think there's lots of stuff. I mean, anything that really breaks the fourth wall, like a, like an Animaniacs or something like that, you know? I guess. I, I don't know if I can... Like Deadpool, maybe, or something like that? Deadpool, yeah. Like, like that type of meta joke does kind of work sometimes, but I think that with this that's really not what the humor is because you're mixing in like silly puns and like dancing pirates and stuff and now you're adding in like but also we know that we're a show and like check it out we know modern references okay here's an example of a joke (laughs) that i kind of like from one of the more meta productions of pirates and penzance um so when he pulls out the letter about um him being indebted for until he's 21 he pulls out the wrong letter and reads aloud like, Dear the Pirate King, I really like your purple pants. He's like, oh, wrong letter and stuff like that. Like that is fine because that well, still see, feels so in the world. That's not necessarily because like the thing that I was talking about where he's like, you should do it faster. He's not actually saying to the audience like, oh, you want him to do it faster. It's it is his character asking the general to do it faster. So it's not necessarily a fourth wall break. It's just like a moment of like it's like a a, more of a wink and and less of a stepping off the stage (laughs) what if okay here's another one from a production i don't like and a joke i don't like which i think explains your thing where he the pirate king gets up on the mast and he makes a comment of how it all looks like cardboard because theater that that is not as good yeah i think that's where you're you're breaking it a bit maybe you could rewrite the entire show in a way where there's lots of meta gags well funny you (laughs) should bring that up let's talk very briefly neither of us has watched this but let's talk about the pirate movie so do you know anything about this andrew actually no okay (laughs) so they do the big revival of kevin klein of the stage musical in 1980 for the royal shakespeare company Mm. um a film company i think I think it was the um, the Joseph Hamilton International Productions and 20th Century Fox saw that this is getting really big on Broadway and across that we need to make money off of that. And the Gilbert and Sullivan music is in the public domain. So they just took the Gilbert and Sullivan songs and put it into a pirate-ish movie that isn't an adaptation of the Pirates of Penzance. Um, it's more of like just random things. Is with this songs. the animated movie? No. Okay. It's about a bookish teenage girl from the United States and a seaside community in, Extra- in Australia for <laughs> as an exchange. Um, she attends a local pirate festival featuring swordplay demonstration and a curly young instructor and fellow American Christopher Atkins, who then invites her to a ride on the boat. So it's a modern day story, but they just sing like Pirates of Penzance songs. Um, so she like dreams a flashback that kind of reenacts the Pirates of Penzance, but not really. Okay, so that's weird. And two years later, the real movie came out, which you saw, um, and that was received much better. But this is like notoriously one of the worst films ever made. We should check that out at some point. I think that seems like a good thing to cover on Patreon because it's not worth talking about as its own thing but it, it it's definitely worth watching so come join us in a commentary of that after we're done with our camp rock series mm-hmm. um it was nominated for so many razzies and one for the worst original song which is a song called pumping and blowing of course it is yeah of course I, it's called that i just wanted to bring up uh the pirate movie because i know people would get mad if i didn't is it actually just called the pirate movie? Yes, it is. Oh my lord! <laughs> they I, didn't give a fuck. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, not at all. Um, they just knew like modern, ma- modern major general had to be in there and a bunch of other things. Like, let me just show you the poster real quick. Just look at this. Set sail for the musical comedy adventure of the summer, the pirate movie. It looks like a uh, like one of those fucking um, spoof movies that came out in like the two thousands. Yeah, epic movie, pirate movie. I'm surprised they didn't do pirate movie. They did since, every uh, other thing in the world. <laughs> Since Pirates of the Caribbean was actually pretty popular at that time, they probably could have done pirate movie. Mm-hmm. Andrew, how about we compare our opinions to those of the New York Times theater critics when this first came out? Yeah, the New York Times existed, and yes, they wrote a review of this. <laughs> uh, it's ooh, time for previews. Yes. It's time for previews. It's time for previews. Messrs. Gilbert and Sullivan's new opera, The Pirates of Penzance, was produced for the first time at the Fifth Avenue Theater last night to an audience that completely filled the house. The performance was received with the utmost enthusiasm, and it was evident that the new piece was a success. Whether it will be received with the same favor that has been accorded to Pinafore, Pinafore is very doubtful. Which was their last very hit show. It wasn't their first show that they collaborated on, but it was their first really big hit. It is a further working of the same vein that has proved to be so valuable. In place of Sir Joseph Porter, KCB, there is Major Jen Stanley of the British Army, who is quite as absurd as a personage as his naval predecessor predecessor instead of little buttercup who practiced baby farming and mixed the children there is a (laughs) (laughs) andrew just did a visual gag of mixing children in a pot (laughs) there is a piratical made of all work who makes an apprentice of her infant charge to the pirate chief the sisters and the and cousins and aunts are in this play daughters of the major general and their friends. This is basically accusing uh, Gilbert and Sullivan of riffing themselves off and using the same structure from HMS Pinafore, which is both completely fair and a little ridiculous. <laughs> you guys copied yourselves. How dare you? the story is exceedingly droll full of good points odd rhymes and irresistible comical situations there is an underlying current of humor which shows the talent of mr gilbert in this peculiar line and it would be impossible for a confirmed misanthrope to refrain from merriment over it it is very well put upon the stage and it is picturesque from first to last. The amusement that is caused by incongruous situations and the absurd, absurd gravity with which the pretended seriousness of certain scenes is carried out were the cause of irrepre- irrepressible, irrepressible? Is that right? Irrepressible? Yeah. Laughter last night. The text is so full of points that it can hardly be appreciated at a single hearing. And too bad we don't have records yet, or else we might be able to listen to this a couple times. Um, It's just incredible how the New York Times never fucking changes. Their reviews are just as incomprehensible then as they are now. Um, Even now, like, I kind of know what they're trying to say back then, um, because it's kind of being direct, but just using flowery language. Um, Nowadays, it's just kind of gibberish. They're... Spending an awful lot of time comparing it to Pinafore. Yes. When there wasn't really much reason to do that in this. I, I don't know. I just, just review the show. I think this. I, I think we're about done. We kind of get the vibe of it. But it is interesting to think how critically people could be in 1880. Yeah. It's just uh, the same amount of pettiness and bullshit, but just now. And they had, like, zero content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, lucky I do, to get coconut on the ground. I do wonder how it sounded with that original performance. Yeah. I, I I wish we were like one of those shows, like this poster of us implies there we could get in like our magic treehouse and go back in time. Like if we were an animated show, our show would be about going back to the first performances of like famous Broadway shows. Like, wouldn't it, that be it, great? 
This one in particular, though, I, I wonder if it sounded more operatic in its original oh, performances. I bet the jokes were than, very not nowhere near as like tongue in cheek. Yeah, I, I do wonder because uh, people were very strict back then with what they were allowed to uh, do, you know? Like, there was a joke about the girls wanting to take off their shoes to get into the water, but they pause so it makes it look like she's about to say, take off our clothes. Like, I don't think those jokes were quite as saucy in their delivery in the 1800s. You have to be a, you have to have a keen ear to, uh, to get that one. is kind of what they were going for, honestly, because, so the thing that set Goldberg and Sullivan apart, um, when they first started was they moved away from operas being about, like, the Greek gods and all that and made it just about normie people. Like, others had done it, but they kind of normalized it and made it a little less big and a little bit more about... Because one of their first pieces that they worked on together was just a trial um, where the lawyer is accidentally giving false information. And the the humor was just in real the life. The Alex and Jones they... tri- trial? <laughs> yes. He put on the Alex Jones trial to opera. Honestly, do it. All It's all in the public domain. Just fucking do it. It would be very funny. Oh, I want to see those texts so bad. I'm sure we will, Andrew. Oh, there's got to be so much juicy shit in there. Um, <laughs> I don't think I want to know what's in there, to be honest. Oh, he's probably got dirt on, like, everybody, though. Like, Tucker and Trump and Pence and all the boys. You know what? I don't think Pence texted at Alex Jones. I feel like that's the one guy that didn't do it. I think that he did. He just did it not on that day. Yeah, maybe. Um, either way, let's continue Brie views with one star or five star. Brie against Andrew. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's get some real reviews for this Yeah, this is from letterbox.com, and these are all real reviews, and I will be reading the full review to Andrew and Brie, and they have to guess whether it's a one star or a five star. All right, are we ready, guys? Yes. All right, Brie, you're up first. Okay. I am so stoned. One star. That is correct. Ooh. All right, Andrew, you're up next. Okay. Not actual watch date. What What was that? Not actual watch date with like two asterisks on both sides. Not actual watch date. Okay. Um, five. That is a one star. It's okay. We're we're zero to zero. No. Oh, one to zero. One to yeah. zero. I'm so sorry. I had the one there, just didn't look. All right, Bree, ready? <laughs> yes. The entire audience wants to fuck Kevin Klein, and damn it, does he know it. Mm, one star. That is a five star. Okay. Andrew, are you ready? Yes. Silly man with hat talks speedy. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> That's a one star. All right, Bree. All right. A wonderful romp. Five stars. That's a one star. All right, yeah. Andrew. Mm-hmm. I watch for chaotic Kevin Klein, but the real star is Angela Lansbury's pirate outfit, which, yeah, it's kind of hot. Five stars. That's a one star. All right, Bree. Dude, everybody hates this show. What the <laughs> fuck? Okay, I'm ready. Kevin Klein should have gotten naked. Hmm. You know, I'm thinking, like, is it a one star because he didn't? Or is it, like, a five star because he's, like, that hot, you know? Yeah. Hmm. One star. That's a five star. God damn it. Bree, do you think Kevin Klein's hot, like, in this movie? I don't know. I haven't seen him in this movie. One All right, second. I'll do Andrew, and then you tell me if he's hot. All right, Andrew, you ready? Yeah. No one reads these. Dot, dot, dot. Josh? Anyone? In parentheses. I miss you, Josh. <laughs> this one made me, it felt very eerie to me. This one made me very uncomfortable. Is Josh supposed to read this review? Um, good lord, I have no nothing about... Would someone that writes that enjoy Pirates of Penzance? <laughs> um, it's very dramatic. So Five stars. That's a Somebody's one star. Like this. Nobody likes this. Everybody has done one. Okay. All right. Okay. Just Is he to, Listen, he's a type. Like he's 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 got a he's got this vibe that I feel like I think he's kind of hot. I think he's I think very he, hot. I think he's kind of hot in in this. Like, take him out of those pirate clothes, put Hair him in like all some, over. put him in some dickies or something. <laughs> That's my type. <laughs> put him in some cheeky underwear and get Grace Aki to look at it. Um. All right, Bree, you ready? Yes. Pirate King wants my sexy body in bed. Five stars? That is correct. You got two points now, Bree. Ooh. All right, Andrew, ready? Mm-hmm. Something familiar is good when you're ill. Five stars. That's a one star. All right, Bree. Oh, They're my ill, Lord. Andrew. <laughs> um, God, I don't want to do all the thirsty ones for Bree. Uh, 
Ruth should have ended up with the boy. One star. That's a five star. Andrew. Okay. Uh-huh. Hashtag justice for Ruth. Uh, it's fucking one star. Nobody that likes That is correct. This. You're on the board. Woohoo. All right, Bree, you ready? Yes. Kevin Klein's chest hair was my sexual awakening. Five stars. That is correct. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Amazon Digital Buy, all in caps. One star. That's a five star. For an Amazon Digital Buy? I don't think so. <laughs> um, Bree, you ready? Uh-huh. Bisexuality. How much? Mm, yeah, it depends. Uh, five stars. That is correct. Andrew, you ready? No. Gee, Kevin, who gave you permission to be that hot? One star. That's a five star. Bree! Yes. Actually, a fever dream. One star. That is correct. Andrew. Yep. How you feeling? All right. Go ahead. <laughs> this is dedicated to Angela Lansbury's pirate outfit. Uh, five stars. That is correct. And Brie, last question, just because it's the last one on here. Yes. They got the sauce. Five stars. That is correct. And Brie, with a sweeping five-point lead, you have won previews today. Yay, I never win previews. This was like a stunning lead you had, too. Yeah, somehow everybody that you gave to me hated the show, so... It was... No, there was a couple five stars that you called one stars. There was one. <laughs> On that note, let's go into a mid-show and then talk about the songs. Hey, Andrew. Do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted dietitian-approved meals delivered where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the New York. Fuel up with fast, restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, to my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com slash musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com slash musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne the Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana 2. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a sh-sh-sh-shill at you, Army Heidi's. Come join us over at Patreon, and or else you're gonna walk the plank. We've got so many fun things like Patreon commentaries, 
an entire Patreon podcast where we talk about TV shows. Army Arties. We also have full video episodes where you can see the unedited versions of this podcast with a lot of fun stuff. Free, like sometimes things just don't make it to the episode, so you're missing out if you're not on Patreon. And Andrew, why don't you tell us who's currently supporting us over on Patreon? Oh man, our current patrons are uh, Melissa Goldman, Leighton Eccles, Justice Stampede, Ewan Cassidy, Monica Thoreau, Mina Maniri, Brent, Brent Black, Daniel Stacey Coombe, Joseph Evans Green, Carrie Ahern, Mary Lou Choquette, John Vanals, Russ Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Kyle Summers, Janae C, Scoot and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Allison Stoller, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, Thesbian, Ren Cullen, Raphael Martinez Salaz, Jessica T, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Katie McDonough, Timothy Keys, Chris Marcotte, uh, Mimu, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Leela, RJ Nariga, Charlie B, Patrick Deering, Avery Brinson, Bjorn Hermans, Erica S, Toriana Frazier, Sammy the Most Lopez, Leana Morton, Angela, Kaylee Blazier, Birdman69, Cinemageddon Reviews, Villainous Miss, Sophina Ali, The Omega Geek, Katrin Evans, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Alana Resnick, Eliza Erdman, Anna Laskotova, Las- Laskotova, pardon me. 10 out of 10. Anna Laskotova, Jessica Vare, Sarah Den Blakier, Blaker, these are new ones, Jess Gray, The Heartful Dodger, uh, Jamila M. Brown, Evan Ball, Wayne Cruz, and Adam Hunt. They give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals and Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as Patreon-only commentaries, our episodes a day earlier, even earlier, and, of course, our monthly Patreon meetups, come join us over at Patreon. And also, as promised, we have a special little preview segment in the middle of our mid-show, where we're going to read the reviews left to you since our last recording, which was our Spice Girls episode. And Brie, who, who's our first review from? Artistic Polar Bear. All right. Read what they said. I love your podcast. It's very funny and great to listen to. And then in parentheses, it says, hoping to see you react to six, the musical. Smiley face. Um, I, I think that would be great. The thing is, you kind of want to save those big heavy hitters for like big moments. You don't want to just surprise them. You kind of want to work up to them and have them mean something. Um, if six you, will be our 600th episode. No, but I do want that to be a special episode because we're running, we're running out of the big famous ones, guys. We got to <laughs> save those ones for, for big moments. Um, and we also got another one. Uh, thank you for that review. That was very, very nice. Um, we also have a very nice review. Um, who's this one from? Uh, this is from uh, Makari. Um, for a while, I thought this podcast was great, but the more I listen, the more I get annoyed with Jess. He is overbearing and cringy. Yep. Also, the content doesn't even actually cover regular musicals. It's a bunch of side content I didn't sign up for. Nobody follows this podcast for Make Me a Musical, and nobody wants to hear about random Disney cruise musicals that were only accessible to a few randoms. There is so much other relevant content to cover, but all you talk about is trash. (laughs) I really was a fan, but now I'm not. Sorry to be so brutal, but it's my honest opinion. Thanks for the review, Makari. I just like that they were specifically annoyed with Jess. <laughs> I don't blame them. I am cringy and overbearing. Um, it's the first lines of my resume, and it'll be my girlfriend's first words in her wedding vows. Like, uh, that 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 tracks. But the content? We, we, uh, not to be defensive Sadly, here. Sadly, we are required to cover random Disney Cruise musicals because no one else will if we don't do it. Um that's it but also like who wants to talk about tangled the movie everyone go to musical splaining for that we'll do the cruise line one come on we'll be different yeah i don't know find the thing that no one else is doing and then do it i don't know sorry for being different (laughs) but thanks for the review um if you want to have your review read leave us a review and we'll say your name and give you all the credit for whatever you say all right how about we get back to the show Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Andrew, do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, Forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the New York. Fuel up with fast, restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, To my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com slash musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com slash musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne the Pebble Johnson next to you. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana 2. You'll you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. (laughs) So go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. For I am the Pirate King And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a Pirate King For I am a Pirate King And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a Pirate King It is for the Pirate King So let's talk about I Am the Pirate King, or as it's credited in the show, um, Oh, Better to Live and Die, which is strange. Yeah, there's some weird titles here. Operas, man. Um, I feel as though with operas, they don't necessarily have song titles at all. It's just kind of sheet music. Yeah. So what do you think of the song? uh, The Pirate King song. It's not like my favorite or the strongest, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun introduction to a a lively gang of pirates, you know? See, I'm going to have a very specific opinion in Pirates of Penzance. I think the first 30 minutes when they're on the pirate ship is the best part. And then it goes downhill right as soon as they leave. Um, That's an extremely strange opinion. I know, I know. But I love all that setup, and I think it's very funny, and I think just introducing all these pirates, like, I want to hang out with the pirates, and they're kind of not really characters after this scene. Well, they're not really characters in this scene either. Yeah, but he sings a song about being a pirate king and dances all around, and it's really fun, and it's my favorite song in the show. Okay. I understand every critique you have of it. I understand why Modern Major General is your favorite. But this scene, like, really sells me on this show and the premise of this show. You just like when it's Captain Jack Sparrow, don't you? No, no. You like Captain Jack Sparrow. Come on. I don't think he's anything like Captain Jack Sparrow, so I think it's odd that they made him that. (laughs) I think it's literally just like a, hey, you guys know the movies. Look at at who the Pirate King is. (laughs) Is it like those Christian (laughs) musicals? Like... Oh, when are we covering those? <laughs> I know that somebody else has already covered those yeah. thoroughly. I forget who it was. It was but, Jenny um, Nicholson. But I, I would still love to cover those anyways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, the Hamilton one alone? Look, there's no reviewer dibs, right? Like, no one cares. 
<laughs> I mean, I, the problem is she was so thorough. There's nothing I can think of to say that she hasn't also. We said. can cover the we can cover the new one though, the Hamilton one. Yeah, we can do the Hamilton one. What is a legacy? It's repenting your soul to Jesus and seeing that go through. My God, now that's a legacy. <laughs> Like that's legacy. I want my legacy. Didn't didn't uh, the, doesn't the Bible say something about stealing? Oh yeah. What about shooting someone in a duel? Well, I, I just meant stealing the entire musical of Hamilton and just performing it as if it was yours. Um, they lied <laughs> too and said they got permissions. Oh, they lied as well. Well, I mean, who needs the Bible? We're Christians. God dang it. <laughs> yeah, we put this musical on to spread Christ's love. I don't care in who fact, I have to steal. You could and- say, in a way, they're pirates. You know what? <laughs> I'm separ- all right. I want to see a Christian because they can steal Pirates of Penzance. No one owns this. This is public domain. Like you could add as many Christ references as you want to to this musical. Crucify fucking the Pirate King at the end. It'd be a good time. I am the very model of a modern messiah uh, deity. I don't know. <laughs> I am the very model of a very messiah deity. <laughs> it would be so bad. <laughs> You see, that lyric's still too clever. It needs to be really shitty. I am the Jesus who is the God of everybody. I live in, like, (laughs) like not even fitting enough words into the sentence. You're kind of right. It has to be. If Christians are good at one thing, it's not being very creative. (laughs) Well, Loki pitting Iron Man to the cross and then singing it's the end of the world as we know it. I get knocked down and I get up again. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and he sings it as a bell. Bree, do you know what we're talking about? No idea. So there's this just church. <laughs> there's this church in Canada that puts on Easter musicals, but they do it like they did an Avengers one, and they put like copyright songs in it so they like put pop numbers in it so they crucified iron man jesus and loki is singing it's the end of the world as we know it and then iron man is singing counterpoint i get knocked down but i get up again <laughs> and it's the funniest shit on the planet. i literally thought you guys were like just like making things up right and like just kind of like playing off each other like improv no. i no, cannot we could make this up Bree. we're not creative enough for this Oh my god, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna have to find it. Yeah, it, it, play a clip here so I know that you had to watch it. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. What do you think of Oh False One, You Have Deceived Me, where Frederick says, Hey, you lied about being hot. There are other hot people, and they, you're, you're not hot because you're old and ugly. Oh, false one, you have deceived me. I have deceived you! Yes, deceived me. You told me you were fair as gold. And mustard, am I not so? And now I see you're plain and old. I'm sure I'm not a jot so. Upon my innocence you play. I'm not the one to plot so. I honestly couldn't figure out what the fuck they were talking about in this one because uh, I, I didn't understand the fact that she wanted to be with him at this point. Yeah, she just wanted to be his wife, like, but also she was his sultry mate or whatever it's called. Like, his. I yeah, I was like, what did what did she lie about? And I it was this one's a weird one. Maybe maybe in the 1880s, this was a fucking laugh riot. But I, I do not. It's understand so what was funny because she's old. <laughs> Why would he want to fuck her? <laughs> like for real though, like, like maybe maybe that was peak of humor, but I I I did not get what the fuck was happening. Like what is there? I feel like I'm thankfully glad that's a thing that's dying out. Is old woman funny because old and why she no get boner? She no give you boner? Yeah, like hilarious trope. I really like it. I think Ruth should have ended up with Frederick not in a, like a goofy comedy way, but I think he should have realized that she's the only one that's been there for him. No, no, because Ruth deserves better. Oh, you're right. She deserves the Pirate King. Fuck yeah. I, I don't know. I believe the Pirate King is canonically very gay, which is the only reason why they don't want Ruth to stay on the ship is just because they want to fuck each other. What if, what if she ends up with the general? You know what? I'm into that. But the general, I don't, what if she just ends up with one of the general's daughters? 
No. Fuck heteronormity. The general's, da- the general's daughters don't have, like, personalities. Mabel like, does. She's gonna wait for Frederick when he's 63. Okay, the Mabel love interest thing is so, like, <laughs> undeveloped and horrible. And it's just like, I understand that they didn't give a shit about women as characters at this time, but like... She had more personality than any woman Lord. in Purple Rain. I don't think that's true at all. I think that they could have replaced Mabel with a brick, and it would have been the same <laughs> amount of personality. Could have replaced Mabel, Mabel with a maple leaf, and it would have had the same event. Yeah, and he just falls in love with this, like, like fucking leaf or, or a piece of wood, and it, it literally could have been the same. It would have been the same thing. <laughs> Plank from Ed, Ed and Eddie. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, What's her personality trait? That she's willing to wait 63 years for him? And like, that she's okay. the one that suggested taking off her shoes and getting into the water so she has like the adventure, adventurous spirit that her ser- sisters don't have. Yeah. I guess that that is one thing. All right. Let's talk about your favorite song then, Modern Major General. I am the very model of a model major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I call to fight historical from marathon to Waterloo and all the categorical. I am very well acquainted too with matters mathematical. I understand equation both the simple and quadratical. About my own theorem, I'm teeming with a lot of news. Lot of news. L- lot of news. Lot of news. Lot of news. Lot of news. Man, he goes so fast, though. He's like. Have you had you heard this song before the show? Yes. Where'd you hear it? I honestly, I don't even remember. I just know I've heard it before. I know it was in the Veggie Tales. I remember that very well. I am not a a Chris Joyd, so I've never, I've never watched Veggie Tales. You've never watched Veggie Tales. Never. Oh, I want to talk about paradox. Young Frederick, who called your late commander? And I, your little Ruth. Oh, mad intruders, how dare ye face me? Blow ye oh, not, harass wow. that I have doomed you to extermination. Wow. Have mercy on us. I really like this scene. As a, like, this is one of the rare songs that is actually story. Yeah, although you could say story very, very loosely here. You start in one place and you end in another. Sort of. It doesn't actually matter is the thing, though. What do you mean? Like, it's just a dumb joke about having your birthday on February 29th. Uh, do you think they were the first ones to make that joke? <laughs> they might have been. It, like, I, I I, might give them that credit. Like, hey, that's a good find. It's like, oh, haha. Wouldn't that be wacky? How, did, how many times has that joke been used now? Oh, hundreds. Like, so, you know, it's, it's, it's funny in a way, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's just funny because, like... He blaming this on like an ill-natured fairy, like that someone who was born on this day. Like the way that they do this, it's very, very funny. I think this is probably my second favorite scene in the show. What I find weird about the whole thing is yeah. Frederick Frederick seems like he wants to go back. What do you mean? To the pirates? Am I, am I crazy? Yeah. Doesn't it seem like he wants to go back to the pirates? No. He begs for mercy and he's bound by duty. The alternate title of this play is literally the slave of duty. I know, but like he's singing along and he's like, he's part of the dance number. Like it just doesn't feel like he's fighting it very hard. (laughs) I think that's all about staging. Um, In other productions, they just have the pirate king and Ruth have a gun on him. and He's just like, oh, you'll just shoot me. All right, I'll listen. Yeah, it just it kind of feels like he wants to go back to the pirates. And it's like, oh, I thought he wanted to leave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he wants to leave, but he also doesn't want to kill them either. It's a complex situation to be in. Yeah. Okay. Like, what is the morals of Frederick? That is a great question. <laughs> I wish they answered that in the show. <laughs> what do you think are the morals of Frederick? Because he talks <laughs> about them. He's like, I despise you pirates, but I am duty bound, so I will serve you. Yeah, I think that's really all of his morals. And honestly, the weird thing is the pirates don't even seem like that bad of dudes. Like, no. for pirate standards they seem to just they do no hardly no rapes i mean it seems like they wanted to but like they were much less forceful than most pirates probably would have been yeah and they even gave up when the other guy came out and was like i'm an orphan and they're like oh okay never mind (laughs) i mean that's their rule they you wouldn't have them completely merciless i I mean you could so the pirates decent pirates you know it's interesting a kind pirate 
in my um, America. What what other songs are there even worth talking about? Because I feel like at this point there really isn't. There's only one other song after this, and that's with Cat Like Tread. <laughs> Yeah, and this is just when the pirates and the police are like yeah, fighting kind, each other. Kind of going up one against another. Which is they just they don't even really fight. They just kind of like look at each they other squabble. and dance. Yeah. It's like West Side Story fighting. And then it just can you explain the ending to me a little no, bit? No, I like, can't. Why, I'm sorry. Why do the police give up? Because the pirates are good now and they say they're gonna be done being pirates. But they're not though, because they're still gonna take Frederick away and whatever, right? Yeah, I, it just doesn't make any fucking Bro, sense. At a certain point, you remember when we saw a strange loop and they said these people want to know when they can go home. Yeah, and I feel like that's we got to that point and we're just like, OK. <laughs> um, apparently, the major general pardons them and invites them to resume their parliamentary ranks to marry his beautiful daughter. So he marries them, uh, his daughters off to the pirates. And the daughters are into it now because the dad approves. I mean, if daddy approves, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, um, Bree, you immediately want to marry a guy that your dad approves of. Like, that's that's just how women work. What? <laughs> Extreme bro moment right there. <laughs> I don't think I could have thought of a better response to that than what you gave me. What? Like, what the fuck does my dad have to do with it? I don't know. Like, I feel like all women just want their dad to approve well, of a man. Well, women are property of their parents, correct? Or, or yeah, their father specifically. Oh, well, their fathers until, is what they say. Until they're property of their husbands later. Yeah. Listen, if Jake was to ask my dad for permission to marry me, I'd be like, No. I would you make a train die. sound. Yes, I live by a train now, so <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm gonna leave in there. You should turn it up louder. <laughs> oh All my right. gosh! On that note, what's our overall thoughts on Pirates of Penzance? And our cheese ratings. Andrew, why don't you start us off? I think it was it was quite fun. Uh, it's just a very goofy romp. There's some fun music and stuff. There's barely any story to follow. Um, you know, it's it's just a fun time. You really you can't go wrong. Um, I, I, I would watch it again. You guys should check it out. It's funny. It's aged very well. It's aged better than you would think something that aired in 1880 America would uh, would have aged. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was trying to think of a good uh, cheese rating, and I found this list of unusual sandwiches from the 1880s. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to give it one of those, because this one just sounds funny, and I, I don't really even understand what's going on in this. This is a, a deviled cheese sandwich, um, and I'm, there's a recipe here, so I'm just going to read it. Put one pound of American cheese through your meat chopper. Add well, two tablespoons. Yeah. Add two tablespoons of tomato catsup, one teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce, and a half teaspoon of paprika, a dash of uh, cayenne, and, uh, two, cayenne, and two tablespoons of olive oil or melted butter. Four tablespoons of sherry and a half teaspoon of salt. Mix until perfectly smooth, then spread between two slices of buttered bread. Trim the crusts and cut into triangles. That I'm sounds horrible. That does not sound good. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> make that good. and let us know how it is. Yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, Brie, what is your overall thoughts on our discussion and your cheese rating of that? Discussion was fun and wonderful um you've convinced me that i would want to go watch this it sounds like a, a good time um and we like things that age well i'm going to give this um pirate's booty aged white cheddar cheese puffs those are very good i don't they know are I, very good <laughs> Bri, i don't think i've ever heard you use the word bo booty and i just laughed at a ch like a child hearing you say it it was very funny to me listen i was over here just minding my own booty. business Google and cheese. And I was like, okay, pirate cheese. I was like, no. I was like, what else is like related to pirates? I was like, oh, booty. And I was like, 
Booty cheese? No, don't look that up, Brianna. Don't look that up. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Booty cheese. Don't look up booty cheese. I feel like nothing good can come of that. It is a song. <laughs> oh, let's see what the lyrics are real quick. Oh booty no. cheese. Oh my god, there's no lyrics. Oh, it's just booty cheese. It's from the album Booty Noir. Okay. Makes sense then. Um, okay, this is it's just wild noises, bro. Hmm. Um, let's see what the urban dictionary is. Uh, an awful smelly smelly smell that reeks of asshole and nasty cheese like Limburger cheese or stinking bishop. Oh my god, she has not showered in five days. It legit smells like booty cheese. Okay. I'm a, I was about to eat this girl's ass and she reeked of booty ah. cheese that I left fa- fast as hell. No, Mickey. <laughs> Andrew's face. Um, okay, Jess, your cheese rating. <laughs> booty cheese. No. I don't- <laughs> Um, I am giving this, um, obviously, Pirates of Penzance, a classic show, a lot of fun. Take your grandma to see it. She'll have a good time. I am giving this Goat Milk's Cheese from Paradox Farms because a paradox, a paradox, a most ingenious paradox, a a paradox. Yeah. Uh. Pirates of Penzance is pretty good. Um, All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, Patreon Musicals with Cheese, Instagram Musicals with Cheese. We have a YouTube page, Musicals with Cheese, Patreon-only podcast, Patreon with Cheese. Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. This show is produced by the wonderful, the incredible, the beautiful, my best friend in the world, Brianna Jones. Our theme songs were created by Robin Nash of IOU Music UK. Thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for refusing to eat your booty because of the booty cheese smell. All right, guys. Any- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That'll be the ultimate test to see if anyone listens to the show. We'll get the email like, hey, I-, I said that I heard that you said you wanted to eat our booty cheese. Um, how about you meet with HR, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, anything you got to say before we wrap this up? I want to be a pirate. Yeah. Um, that's not the first time you've said this. I think you've asked for fan art of you being a pirate sneaking bootleg Broadway videos. I have, and I still haven't received any. One day, if we're very lucky, we will get your pirate art. Yeah. But until then, we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. I am a pirate king, and it is and is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.